You're listening to the Direction for Life podcast. We pray this episode blesses you. We'd love to connect with you. Visit us at rdci.info or on Facebook at Right Direction Church International. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the RDCI. We hope you enjoy this broadcast. Brother, some of y'all doing too much. Some of y'all doing too much for somebody you're not married to. Some of y'all doing too much for somebody who's going to be around temporarily. You're doing too much. Now, once he's a wife and once he's sacrificed and y'all earning together, come on, you ought to do whatever you can for a good woman who's, who's riding with you. Amen. But all this stuff that you're trying to impress, spending all this money, taking them on trips, what y'all, where y'all going and what you doing when you get there? Because I'm telling you, if I'm paying for us to go to the Bahamas, then I need some Bahama. Don't tell me y'all going to the Bahamas and all you getting is a virgin pina colada. The devil is a liar. Well, we were just going on a trip. I wasn't expecting us. You mean separate rooms? That costs more money. Come on, brothers. You got to think. If you're not taking care of your children, you don't have enough money to provide. You don't have enough money to date. I'm very serious about that. Because every dinner, every movie ticket, popcorn costs too much money. My, my, my daughter and my son-in-law took Alina and Righteous while they were home, while they were here. They took them out for a day, they took the, went to the movie. She said, good Lord. She said, by the time we came back, we had spent like $100. Taking two kids. See, y'all don't even know how to do that. Remember what we used to do? See, we, we can teach y'all. See, y'all don't know how to struggle. Y'all don't know how to struggle. We used to go to movies. <laughs> I tell you, remember this? We used to go to movies. We get one thing about, and we had plastic bags. And we put some of your plastic bag, move it, give it down to your sister. Put some more plastic bag. We weren't buying no four buckets of popcorn. The devil is a liar. Y'all don't know how to struggle. We got to teach y'all. You know, we a hundred dollars. Somebody staying home. We, 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 used to find the, we used to find the places, I don't know if they have them now, where you know, kids eat free on certain nights. We, we knew them all. We're going to Fuddruckers on Thursday, because Fuddruckers, you get two kids free, whatever you adult. We're going to, on Sunday, we're going over to Country Buffet. Kids under five, eat free. Okay? Kindred turned turn six in June. Okay? We went to Country Buffet in July. And they said, uh, 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 are they under five? I said, yes. Kim said, no, I'm not. I'm six now. I said, shut up. Mind your business. Stay out of grown folks' business. Children to be seen and not heard. Fathers are providers. Secondly, fathers are protectors. Fathers keep their children safe from harm and help them navigate the challenges of life. 
Genesis 14 tells us when Abraham, he was the father for his son, for his nephew Lot. His brother had died, and now he's the father figure in his life. Lot went someplace he should not have gone, got caught up in the situation, now being oppressed, and, they, and Abraham took 300 men, and he went by night, and he had to rescue Lot and his family. Genesis 14, 16 says he brought back all the goods and also brought back his brother or his relative, in this case his nephew Lot, and his goods as well as the women and the people. So sometimes men got to go rescue. Sometimes men have to go make sure that there is no loss. Men have to help us recover. 1 Samuel 30 tells us about David. David comes to Ziklag and all the, and have, the camp have been burned down. And they have kidnapped the wives and the children. And David goes before God and says, God, shall I pursue? God tells him to pursue. And the Bible says in 1 Samuel 30, verse 17, David attacked them from twilight of the evening till the next day. No one escaped except 400 young men. So David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives. And nothing of theirs was lacking. There's more likely to be lack if a father's not in his place. Nothing was lacking, either small or great, sons and daughters, spoiled of any which had been taken from them. David recovered all. Thirdly, fathers are mentors. Fathers serve as role models and teach their children important life skills, values, and beliefs. Not just by speaking. In this case, I'm talking about by, by doing. Fathers are mentors, doing and speaking. And what you do and what you speak needs to be consistent. I know we, we have this expression that we say, you're not old enough to do that. You're not old enough to do that. Do you all realize that doesn't really play out when it comes to Christian character? Now, you're not old enough to be sleeping around yet. You're not old enough to be getting high yet. When you're 18 or 21, then you can get high. No, no, there's certain, there's role modeling that you need to be doing all through their life that they don't even consider that an option. Now, we know they're going to have the options, but the options shouldn't be because you tried to keep them from doing it until they became of age. Are y'all with me here? So Proverbs 4, 20 through 23, he says, my son, attend to my words, incline your ears to my saying, let not them, my words. This a, he's saying, his father said, don't listen to my words, keep them in the midst of your heart. My words that I give you, they're going to be life, they're going to cause you to have abundant life. Unto them that finally held to their flesh. And then he's saying, keep your heart. Watch what you, watch what you expose yourself to. Watch what goes in you. I, I was teaching a couple of Wednesday nights talking about the eye gates, the entryway to our hearts, our eyes, our, our ears, and what we speak, our eyes and our ears uh, and our hearts and what, what we meditate on. Keep it, guard it. For what goes in you is going to manifest out of you. And fathers learn to mentor and show their children by example. I, years ago, years ago, I remember, uh, especially when we used to uh, sit down more than we sat up here. I, uh, I, Tyler was a little boy and uh, a young man, and uh, it was worship time, and he was doing like this. I said, "Why you got your hands folded?" He said, "Because that's what I see you do when you worship." And I was many times I would worship, and I would I, I would I would have my arms folded, and I was meditating. Okay, in his mind. And so he was doing what I was doing, but not motivated by the same thing. And so I realized if I want my sons to raise their hands, I need to raise my hands. Come, no, 
I'm a big advocate, y'all. I know, I know we got a, it's a whole new day with children now. And I know, I know what we do, we have to do, but I believe there's a certain age where your child is old enough to participate in the service. Okay? You shouldn't be 10 and 12 sitting up here playing video games in church. Put the video game. No, you stand up and worship too. You, as a matter of fact, you can stand up longer than me. I'm 60. No, I'm serious. And so sometimes it just to, we, we don't, we're not teaching our children to worship. We're not teaching our children by modeling. I can't even stand to see preachers. And some, sometimes it drives me nuts. There's preachers who get in the pulpit and, and, and ministers. And anytime they're, they're presiding over the service, come on, clap your hands. Open up your mouth. Make some noise. Lift your hand. Do your dance as long as they're in the pulpit. And, and when they're sitting down, they act like they've they never been to church before. And so modeling is not merely what you tell other people to do. Modeling and is mentoring is what they see you do. Paul says in Philippians 4, 9, he says the things which you have learned and received and heard. You learned it from me. You received it from me. You heard it from me. And then he says, and you saw it in me. That's real mentoring. That's real modeling. Learning, receiving, hearing, and seeing these things, he said, these do or do these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Now, I'm, 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 going, I'm going deeper, y'all. Fathers, there's really nothing we should be doing that we got to hide from our kids. Now, I'm not saying that to, to, to condemn anybody. I'm saying that to you to evaluate, for you to judge yourself. What are you doing that your kids can't see? If you're doing anything, and I'm not even going to try to apply that, but you, you apply it to your own life. What are you doing that your kids can't see? If you're doing anything your kids can't see, that's bad modeling. And th- this is a concept I got from, from my wife who first got Revelation. We talked about it. She preached about this over the years. Because at the end of the day, we're spirit beings. We're spirit beings. And there are certain things that your children won't pick up from your spirit. Early on, okay? And again, I wasn't sexually active as a teenager and all that. You know, when I went to college, I had to chase those girls off. For one, two, one and a half semester, two, two. Anyway, y'all remember, okay? But, but, but I didn't, you know, but watch this. I was a young minister, but I had a big old lust problem. Had never done anything, never been with a woman, never been with a girl, but boy, my head and my mind, and then as a result of that, my body would react to just visually. And, and really, for years, for years, I think it baffled me. I'm like, I haven't, you know, I hadn't been in, hadn't done, not, hadn't done any pornography. Didn't, there was no videos with pornography and all that. Kind. We didn't have, we, we didn't have cable and all that. But my father would, was a big time lust man. He he couldn't see a woman walk down the street without saying something. Cupcake, fries with the shake. <laughs> oh, uh, he 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 had to say something. I mean, woman walked by, mm, mm, mm. you know. And 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 before I knew it, and and I, I started noticing. I'm a teenager. I, I now I had a, I had enough. To, I, was, I was in church enough. I can't say all that about somebody in worship. Man, when you was worshiping. I tell you, boy, <laughs> y'all know that ain't gonna, that gonna get you put out the church, <laughs> okay? But we are spirit beings. 
We are spirit beings. And be, so watch this. You teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are. Let me say it again. You can teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are. So a lot of times you're going to see things in your children that you didn't even tell them. But they're doing it, and you know where it came from. You know, if they're trying to blame your wife, that must come from your side of the family. No, that's you right there. Because you're teaching what you know, but you're reproducing who you are. Jesus put it this way. He said, you are of your father the devil, and the deeds of your father you will do. That's the principle. The deeds of your father you will do. So you will automatically do things many times, even though you didn't see it, that was in your family. That's what happened. Abraham comes down to Egypt, and he gets to Abimelech, who is still king, years later. He sees Abimelech, he tells his wife, Sarah, he says, now when they see you, we're going to tell them you're my sister. Because when they see how fine you are, then they're going to they're kill me so they can have you. And his, his mindset was, I guess just let them take you so I can stay alive. That, that's the implication, y'all, because when you think about it, he said, they're going to take you, kill me. So he said, tell me you're my sister. They still won't take her. So Bimelech gets ready to call, takes her, gets ready to call for her that night. And the Lord speaks to him and says, you're a dead man because you're about to take another man's wife. Abimelech says, God, he says, I, I didn't know. He told me that that was his sister. God said, no, that's another man's wife. He said, well, God, you're going to judge me and take me in my heart. He said, I didn't know any better. If I knew, I wouldn't have done this. So God had mercy on him. That's the grace of God in the Old Testament. And then the next generation, the next generation, we see Isaac. Isaac goes down to get, and, and he goes down to Egypt as well. And we still see Abimelech. Abimelech is still there. He's living a long time. And he tells his wife, he said, tell him you're my sister, not my wife. I don't believe Abraham said, now, if you ever get in trouble, if, if, ever, if you're ever in a situation, just, don't come, just tell him not to. No, it was reproduced because that was in him. Are you all with me? So you got to judge yourself, brothers, judge yourself, fathers, because what's in you, you're going to reproduce in your children for better or for worse. So you may need to pray the prayer that David prayed in Psalm 51. Oh, God, create in me a clean heart and renew within me the right spirit so I can be the right mentor and father to my children. Fathers give emotional support. Fathers offer emotional support and guidance to the children. A lot of times we don't think about this. Because you know, when, when we think of the quote-unquote mushy stuff, we think that's just for the mothers. But there's a time that a father's hug has to do. Many of you will notice here in, in the church, even my spiritual children, who are adults, when I see you do something, I will often respond to you and say I'm proud of you. And I'm very intentional about doing that. Know why? Because most children need their father to say they're proud of them. And many of us never had it. So I will often say, and sometimes a father just saying to their child, I'm proud of you, is emotional support. So, and, and there's no hug like a father's hug. So fathers give you more support. Fifthly, fathers partner. Everybody say partner. A father should partner, not compete with the mama. A father should partner with the mother. 
And a mother should partner with the father to raise children together and create a, a strong family. This is everybody say partnership. See, the problem with separation, divorce, and children being born outside of, of the original intent of God and living in separate homes, the problem many times is now, now we have competition versus partnering. And sometimes it's not intentional. So one does something, look, uh, and now they feel like they got to outdo the other one. Okay? Versus if you're in the home, your parents bought you this. Not your daddy bought you this, and your mom bought you that. You follow me? And you feel like you, you got to compete. Well, one has to out, outdo the other. Or one needs to show more love or show them that they're more supportive, more concerned, versus being one. Uh, mothers and fathers should be partnering, not competing. The Bible said two are better than one. We have a greater reward for our labor. The reward of parenting is productive children. The reward of parenting is productive adults. That's the reward of parenting. And two are better than one based upon what you both uh, impart to that young man and, and to that young woman. Two are better than one. Genesis 25, 28, it says Isaac loved Esau because he ate of game. He was a hunter. And Rebekah loved Jacob. These are two parents. Isaac loved Esau, but Rebekah loved Jacob. We got a problem. Now we got favoritism in the house. Isaac loved Esau. Rebekah loved Jacob. So now we got children feel they got to compete for love. What's the end result of this? The end result is Jacob is jealous of Esau. And Jacob now swindles his brother to get the brother's birthright. Because there's competition versus partnering. So parents, y'all got to be on the same page. When you, when, when you, how, how somebody said that recently? We heard somebody say, talk about same page. Somebody said something, said, said we need to start on the same page. I can't remember. Somebody just said something yesterday. I said, said I have to remember that. Parents, you need to be on the same page. Even if you're different, even if you're on different pages in different books before y'all come before the children. Okay. When you speak to the children, we are a united front. Y'all can disagree in the bedroom, in the bathroom, outside, but when you come before the children, we are a united front. As far as the kids know, my parents decided. Period. My parent, not, not my, not my mother said, not my father said, my parents decided. And you, brothers, sisters, don't let them divide and conquer. It's us against them. We got to win. Parents got to win. Early on, some of you heard me tell this story many years ago. We were living in Oklahoma, and I came home from work, and we had like parent-teachers meeting something that night, and uh, Chandler knew about it. He was like five or six, something like that. And so uh, he wanted to go to the meeting with us. So I, I said, well, you don't have to wash them. You have to change clothes. That's how we did things. You didn't just keep your regular clothes on. Okay. So got to wash them, change clothes. So he, 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 he's getting washed up. He changed, we changed his clothes, and he comes out. And Marcia said, well, where are you going? He said, Daddy said I can go to the meeting with y'all. She said, I told you earlier today you're not going to the meeting. And I said, you didn't tell me that. I said, your mother already told you you're not going to. And he said, well, she's not the boss of you, is she? She's not the boss of you. What's she trying? And I'm like, well, yeah. You, uh, no, you ain't going to the meeting. 
Y'all need to be on the same page. Everybody said this is a partnership. Uh, Proverbs 4 and 3. The text we read speaks of a partnership. I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. And he taught me. My father taught me. My mother gave me more of the emotional. I needed the emotional, but I also needed, I needed the feeling, but I also needed the skill. So, so y'all, y'all need to understand, uh, uh, many times mothers, sometimes your role is more of a cheerleader. Our role is more, more of a coach. And a coach wants you to develop the skill. They don't care about your feelings. When, when they take you out the game and sit down and bench you, they don't care if you're over there pouting. They ain't even looking at you. Okay? Next time you practice harder, you do what I said, and you'll get in the game. They'll, and they'll come over there and say, you all right? You all right? I know how to take you out the game, but it's going to be all right. Cheerleaders is over. Yeah! You, you, as you're going, you going off, got pulled out the game. Cheer. Yeah! Woo! Fathers aren't cheerleaders. Fathers are coaches. And sometimes, sister, you got to let us coach. And sometimes coaching can be hard. Okay, I, I remember he says, when you heard Daniel say, I, I should go to this game. He first went to college. He, he, had, he had two rough coaches. His, his, high, his high school coach, he, 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 was, he was pretty rough too. You know? But I went to college. I'll never, I, but college coach he calls him out and gets all up in his face. He's like right here. And I, and I stood up. I'm like, just don't put your hands on my boy. Don't put your hands on my boy. He didn't put his hands on him. But I know he, going, he was yelling at all his face, going, just don't put your hands on him. You put your hands on him, then we're going to turn this place out. <laughs> coaches are going to yell. Coaches are going to get in your face. And sometimes fathers got to be coaches. Fathers besides are playmates. Playmates engage in play and fun activity with their children, which helps build strong bonds and, posit- and positive memories. Fathers are going to roughhouse. Your children are not going to break. Okay? They need to be thrown up 30 feet in the air. And we catch them so they won't be afraid of heights. It's all right. We're going to catch them. <laughs> so that rough, rough house, it helps them overcome fears, helps them to be tough. And no one plays with children like an involved father. I said, no one plays with children like an involved father. I, I, I mean, I remember being a horse, being every, you know, running around on, on, my, on my back, on, on my knee, you know, getting down, you know, doing, you know, doing, doing a rodeo and all that. I, see, that's why you got to do that stuff while you're young, because now I get down, I might not get up. But that's in order for fathers to do that. And fathers are disciplinarians. Disciplinarians. Fathers establish rules and boundaries for children and guide them towards responsible behavior. Proverbs 19 and 18 says, chasten thy son while there is hope. That word chasten means to discipline and correct. It means to discipline and correct. Chasten thy children while there is hope and let not thy soul spare for his crying. So he's going to cry, but he'll get over it. His feelings are going to hurt, but he's going to get over it. And y'all, I'm not, I'm not talking about some, some, of, some of us, y'all, seriously. We got to recognize that the way some of us were raised, that wasn't chastening, that was abuse. 
Okay, you know, switches and go get your own switch and you better not bring a little switch and braid the switches and all that kind of stuff. See, that stuff would have never worked in the projects, I'm telling y'all. First of all, we had to go a long way to go get the switch. And if we go get the switch, we were going to say, we would just come back tonight. I couldn't find one. You know, it's hard out here in the concrete jungle to find switches. So our mother's day, we were no switch. It was belts and extension cords. Okay, but some of that stuff, y'all, we know that many, many of that is abuse, but nothing. But you still have to discipline. It says chasing them or discipline while they're young, and don't let, don't stop because they're crying. Hebrews twelve seven through eleven, it gives us the pictures of what fathers do by telling us to accept the correction from our heavenly Father. Hebrews twelve starting verse seven, it says, if you endure chastening, God deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom the father does not chasten? If you're my child, I'm going to have to correct you. Verse 8 says, for you, if you're without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Now, New King James Version knew some of y'all would get offended by the traditional King James Version, but I told you the words sometimes are going to be offensive. So let's look at what the King James says of that verse, the traditional King James. Hebrews 12 and verse 8. It says, if you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is the elder father doesn't chasten? Verse 8. But if you without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Yes, that word's in the Bible. A bastard. A bastard is an illegitimate child. A bastard means mama's baby, daddy's maybe. He said, if you're really a child of the father, he has the right to discipline you. And, and, and the word bastards there, it means you're not legitimate. Some of y'all, some of y'all say that I'm your spiritual father until I go to correct you. Then they leave the church. They wasn't a, you wasn't a son, you was a bastard. The Bible said you don't endure. Because a real, a, a, when a son honors his father, or his mother, he recognized they have a right to correct me. Parents have a right to correct. Now, now you, know, you know, everybody just can't come up and start smacking a child. Our parents didn't tell us that. Because I came up the time any adult in a neighborhood would get you. Okay? It, it, and then, and then, you, and then you, they bring you to your parent, tell your parent what you did, and then you get it all over again. I'll never forget, y'all hear me talk about Mother Bailey, uh, 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 my spiritual mother, went to be with the Lord on Bertha. Uh, she, she came down here one time to visit us at the church, and we were over on River Drive, and there was one of our, one of our leaders, that child, he, he's a grown man now, big guy, but he was a little, he, he was always a very um, undisciplined child. He, he, and that's not his fault, it's his parents' fault. I guess he thought he was so cute. He's very undisciplined. And so Mother Betty went to speak to him. And she said, hey, how you doing? He smacked her. He said, when she, he smacked, it, it sounded like one of those Baptist double claps. It sounded like this. Because as soon as he smacked her, she smacked him right back. And then said, whose child is this? She smacked, then said, whose child is this? 
She didn't ask for permission, though. If you, this little child, he must have been about five. I mean, she smacked him right back. Whose child is this? That's the other thing, parent. If you don't discipline your children, they're going to embarrass you. Y'all remember getting, my kids knew, you, you, you went through a long speech before we went to the supermarket. And y'all remember the speech before we get, now let me tell you something. We're going to go in here, and you're going to sit your behind down, and you're not going to say, and no, I'm not buying no candy. Now, the whole supermarket system is against you. Because while you sitting up there in the cart with them, they got all the candy right there. I'll never forget the sound Chandler. We were in Maine, and Chandler just carrying on. Oh, he was, he was, he, he, he was I mean, a little bit about, he was about three or something, and he kind of, and so I said, boy, she better, and I pinched him. And I pinched him, and I said, you better stop it. Don't pinch me, daddy! Please, daddy! Don't pinch me, daddy! I said, oh, boy, you really gonna get it now. Don't pinch me, daddy! Don't do that to me! If you love our podcast and the impartation you gain from it, we encourage you to become an iChurch member. As an iChurch member, you'll get access to exclusive digital content, as well as an online community and various small group sessions. To find out more, visit rdci.info forward slash iChurch. Connect with us for digital impartation weekly. Join Bishop Herbert and Dr. Marsha Bailey on Clubhouse for marriage, faith, and family inside Kingdom Business Network on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash rdcitv. We stream live services on Sundays at 7.30 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, as well as Wednesday at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ladies, join us for Manifest on Fridays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time.